strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I am uh, tough. I am uh, joined in studio by uh, Chief Jerry Williams and some other uh, Phoenix police officers are here with me today. Uh, rough, rough morning for Phoenix PD. Um, we know that this young officer, uh, about 2 a.m., was shot multiple times by a suspect. How? How is the? Can you give us an update on how the officer is, as far as you know? So, uh, as far as we know, he is fighting for his life. Um, Tyler and every other person who puts this uniform on, they really never know, Mike, what's going to happen during the course of their shift. I've said it multiple times here. I've said it multiple times on air. I marvel at the tenacity of the men and women who put this uniform on. Um, One of the most ridiculous phrases I ever hear when it comes to policing is routine call. And um, this was a call that this is not the expected outcome ever, but this was just a call about a suspicious vehicle. Yes. So th- so we so we get this quote unquote, as I'm holding up air quotes, routine call of a suspicious vehicle in the area. Uh, all, uh, off Tyler and the other officers on scene are, are doing what we do. Like we're looking for the person uh, and then uh, Tyler ends up being shot multiple times. Um, it's it's just the exact example of how dangerous this job is and the men and women never know what's going to happen on that shift. And then we, we get the call at, you know, two something in the morning, Tyler's family gets a call at two something in the morning. Um, But I'm blessed to say that the hospital staff, the fire department, members of the community have just been inundating us with prayers and thoughts and well wishes for the family. How is the Phoenix police department? I mean, the, the, we know that this is such a sad and somber time, but when you gauge the uh, the attitude this morning, it's got to be, it, it's just such a young officer this time of year, the holidays, his yes. family. Yes. It, it, how's the PD? So so somber uh, would probably be the, the best word, but but not deterred. We're not quitters. Okay. So, so we talked a little bit before we went on air about how there were still 911 calls that happened after this incident happened, that the men and women in uniform are still putting that uniform on and answering those calls. Our communications dispatchers are, are still answering those calls for service. So um, please extend your thoughts and prayers to Tyler Moldovan, his wife, Chelsea, his mom, his dad, his in-laws, his brother, uh, the 61 King squad, because what, what, what I see when I go on scene is a squad coming together and really circling that family and one another to get through this hard time. The other thing, and I don't know how much of this you want to address, but just from my perspective, um, restraint is the word. Um, this guy, multiple times he shoots a Phoenix police officer and Phoenix PD arrests this guy. Yes. Uh, doesn't shoot him, doesn't kill him. No. They take him into custody. Yes. What, how, how in the world do you train for that kind of restraint? So it's, it's the level of expectation and professionalism. It's the heart of a servant. It's getting that person in custody to make sure that whatever proceeds during the judicial process, that you have everything locked down and in order because you have a brother who's fighting for his life. Let's talk about the suspect. What what do you know? What can we what can you tell us about this suspect? Is there anything out there that we know about this person? So we don't know much at the moment. We do know that he's in custody. Um, we, we don't know much else. Uh, the detectives, as we left the scene a couple of hours ago, were just beginning the process of being able to move through the different aspects of the scene. It is quite a quite a big scene. So we do know that this subject is in custody uh, and we hope that ju- that the judicial process will play out. Um. 
this wasn't the type of call, and this again from a layman's perspective, from a civilian perspective, this didn't sound like the type of call where multiple officers would be responding. So he was kind of responding on his own to what he thought was going to be a suspicious vehicle call. And this ended up this ended this way. How long was it before people were able to get to him? So that that's always a great question. So he had partner officers on scene, uh, but oftentimes as we're either searching a business, searching a building, searching in different areas, you're going to split up a little bit um, and pair out. And so, you know, you don't expect a, a routine yeah. air quotes, right? Suspicious vehicle call to end in a 22 year old who just cel- celebrated his birthday last month fighting for his life at a hospital. There's got to be a, there's, there's no way that there's not a level of anger for every officer out there on the streets right now. How do they channel that? And, and what goes into that? That will you channel that into being able to still do your job and make sure that you're doing it effectively? So, so we, we have a very robust employee assistance unit. We have our chaplains who are out. We're there for, for each other. But bottom line is, um, and, and I don't think I mentioned this before, Tyler's whole family were, were a servant family. It's a servant's heart. It's that ability to really go out there and do the things that no one is willing to do at 2 o'clock in the morning when you get those calls um, and putting others above yourself, including your fellow officers as well as members of the community. When you... Uh when you go back now, the rest of this day, you're going to be talking with people on this. What do you say to the officers that are out there that may be listening right now? What do you say to your officers and in any agency that might be listening? So uh, we've been hit up, and, and I say we because we have members of our executive team in here. We've all been inundated by the well wishes and thoughts and prayers of all of our peers across the, the country. So what do you say to your officers? Uh, stick together. Take care of one another. We're here if you need anything, but we're going to get through this together. I, I, again, Phoenix PD, we're, we're not quitters. We have a servant's heart. We're the ultimate and consummate professionals. How about the community? How about the city of Phoenix? As Phoenicians are waking up to this this morning or, or hearing about this for the first time, um, I mentioned earlier, uh, cut officers a break, especially today if you interact with them. What do you say to the community that's going to interact with your officers today? Uh, to, to just remember that there is no routine call, that, that there are inherent dangers to this profession, that it takes a special person, a special personality to take that oath of office, to, to work the crime lab, to work the communication center. Um, and if you say thank you for your service, we always like it, too, in instances like this. Hey, our, your thoughts and prayers are, are with you. We already have people asking us if we need food, if we need coffee. So um, any of those tokens of appreciation are greatly appreciated. Um, but please keep Tyler and his family um, at the forefront of your thoughts and prayers. I know it's such a difficult day for PD. I, I can't thank you enough for coming in and talking to the audience. And uh, we will definitely be thinking about you and praying for all of you uh, Thanks, throughout Mike. the day and throughout the rest of this ordeal. And thank you so much for all of you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. That's Chief Jerry Williams, Phoenix Police Department, with as much of an update as we can get on this. And if you will keep this family and keep the entire Phoenix family, uh, Phoenix PD and his family specifically in your thoughts and prayers. I'll be back in a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Um, Obviously, uh, I don't know, again, because I know Chief Williams um, fairly well, there's a a level of emotion um, that you don't normally see publicly, and it is because... I, I, the multitude of emotions that must be going on, how this happened, um, why it happened, who it happened to, 
Um, I know that when you, and I don't mean any disrespect when I talk about how young um, this officer is. Um, Tyler Moldovan is 22 years old. He celebrated his 22nd birthday um, last month. And um, that is not an insult to anything. It is saying that this is a life that is, uh, he has his whole life in front of him. And we are praying for the best. I am certainly not talking about him in the past tense in any way, shape, manner, or form. But he has been seriously injured. He has been shot multiple times in what is a senseless attack on a police officer. And I can't put it any other way. Um, And as details come out about this today, I think the entire community is going to see and agree that this is – any time something like this happens, it's senseless. But when you see a young man uh, married, uh, got a servant family, um, everything good about who we are as people, and then something like this happens on what seemed to be uh, almost a – when I say routine, I hate that phrase. But it did not seem like this overly dangerous call somewhere, someone with a gun. It was a suspicious vehicle call. That was the call. And so this officer, along with a couple of his squad mates, his partners, were searching an apartment complex for a guy that was driving a suspicious vehicle. And unfortunately, it was Officer Maldivan who encountered this person first, and uh, and it ended in a way that was completely unnecessary. So if you missed it, if you missed Chief Williams' update, uh, this is about all we know about the condition of this officer. As far as we know, he is fighting for his life. Tyler and every other person who puts this uniform on, they really never know, Mike, what's going to happen during the course of their shift. I've said it multiple times here. I've said it multiple times on air. I marvel at the tenacity of the men and women who put this uniform on. If there's one thing I'm probably going to say more times than anything else today, except for the senselessness of this attack, is that um, the reminder, the reason why I have always been, my brother is in law enforcement, my sister-in-law, his wife is in law enforcement. I know what kind of people they are. So for me, I see the people that wear a badge I, I, because I, I they're, they're the people I love the most. They're my family members. So I have a different view. But when I look at the prof- the job of policing, it is amazing to me um, as many of you know, when my one of my brothers was a, was a soldier and he was killed in Iraq back in 03. And when I got the news that my brother had been killed, my life basically stopped for the better part of a month. I was going I was grieving with my family and I was going to memorial services and going to his funeral. And I was I, I was able to shut my life down um, and and I was able to do that. And so was the rest of my family. Um. The Phoenix Police Department never stopped working. Um, You know, other agencies, maybe whether it's the sheriff's office or other agencies will help fill some gaps as things are happening. But they never stopped working in, you know, it is now, you know, almost 930 in the morning. So this happened about seven and a half hours ago. There have been multiple 911 calls for service that have gone out into the city of Phoenix and not one of those calls goes unanswered not one and they will continue to do their jobs they will continue to pray for their brother officer and his recovery they will continue to worry and they will continue to think about this but they will continue to do their jobs and i can't think of another another job where you do that except the military it is the servant's heart um so if you interact with anyone in law enforcement today. Today's the day to 
um, to really th- think about what they do. Give them some space. You get pulled over. If you're in a crash, if something happens, if you have to interact with PD, give them a little emotional room. Let them, you know, let them have some space. If you if you're inclined, let them know you're thinking about them. Let them know you're praying for them. It is such a difficult day, and I'm sorry that I'm almost at a loss for words. But I can't describe the emotions, and it's an emotion of pride. It was the same thing that when my brother was killed. There's a, there is a sense of the pride in which they gave their life. Now, he has not passed away, this cop. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about my brother. The, the way that he gave his life was, was a sense of pride. But it is also deep sadness because you know that these are some of the best people that you know. And, and and I can't. It is a combination of the two. The deep sense of loss um, with my brother came from the fact that he was such a good person and we loved him so much. But it was also that person he was that made me so proud of what he did. Well, I imagine this morning that they are praying for for uh, Tyler Maldivan's recovery. And but the sense of pride in the way this young man dedicates his life to law enforcement is what makes him the person he is, which makes the grief so real. Um, Severe injury shot multiple times and uh, just out doing his job, just doing his job. Going to get an update in a couple of moments. Um, We are going to talk with Ron Wolfley uh, with 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. He is the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Get an update and talk about what happened last night in the game coming up in a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Last night, Arizona Cardinals Monday Night Football, chance to lock up a playoff spot, remain number one in the NFC for a playoff draw. They have now dropped to number three, losing to the L.A. Rams, a team they beat pretty soundly earlier in the season. So joining us now is the voice of your Arizona Cardinals, the man with no inside voice. That is Ron Wolfley. Ron, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, bro. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Did you? Is there anything uh, that they are going to take away from last night's game that's a positive in your mind? Oh my goodness, man! It's not a time for positives. It really is not. Um, I, I think they might look at some of the numbers, of course, of this game, but I don't think this team is about numbers. This team is about leadership through and through. And I think the leadership will say it's not about the fact that we had 447 yards to their 356 yards, or we were better on third down than they were, or we had more first downs, blah, 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 blah. The great thing about this team, in my opinion, is the leadership they have inside that locker room. It's not about going out there and posting certain numbers. It's about winning games. It's always been about winning games this entire season. And because of that, um, hopefully they're going to get better on the road against Detroit, right the ship, and maybe win out. When you uh, when you watch the game, you're, and you're obviously you know more about you'll forget more about football than I know in the long run. But when you looked at this game, I know that you are a, someone that is big on toughness. It looked like the Rams were the aggressor at the line of scrimmage last night. Yeah, you know what? You're you're all over it, bro. No doubt about it. I, I all the talent that was out on the field last night on both sides of the ball for both teams. To me, it was going to come down to the toughness, and a part of being tough 
is protecting your quarterback. And that was the number one thing. I could not get out of my mind going into this game. It was the team that was going to protect their quarterback the best was going to win this game. I just had this feeling. It doesn't mean that that was going to happen. It wasn't a prediction. It was just a gut feeling that I had. A team that went out and protected its quarterback and gave Matthew Stafford or Kyler Murray a clean pocket to operate in, they were going to win that game. And, you know, it was a feeling I had, and doggone it, if it didn't come to fruition with Matthew Stafford. They kept Matthew Stafford clean, even though the Cardinals had three sacks. Anybody that watched that game, Matthew Stafford was throwing the ball from a clean pocket where Kyler Murray was under duress the entire game. At least it felt that way. So, again, line of scrimmage, yeah, no doubt about it. Part of that is pass protection. Yeah, the other part of that is, and maybe this is a little bit too wonky for everyone, uh, Kyler Murray, not a very tall quarterback, so he relies on his feet, but he also relies on clean passing lanes. Those two interceptions were tipped balls at the line of scrimmage, and it seemed like even when they weren't in his face, they were shutting down some of those passing lanes. Yeah, no, they they were, but again, let's keep in mind that Kyler Murray threw for 383 yards in this game. I mean, it wasn't like Kyler Murray was out there and dinking and dunking his way down the field either, Brew. He threw for 383 yards, and uh, he actually ran for 61 as well, so a situation where, again, he accounted directly for well over 400 yards himself in this game, but he was a little off, bro, I think. And the reason why I say that was, yeah, he did have a couple of deflections at the line, but I think he also missed some open receivers, and I think Kyler Murray would be the first one to tell you that. Uh, He missed some guys that were open. Rondell Moore comes to mind, throwing him near the sideline. Now, listen, Rondell Moore, you'd love to see him be more aware of the fact that the sideline was actually there, but that's a tough thing to do when you're looking at the ball coming down. Rondell Moore went to where the ball was thrown. If that ball was a little bit more inside, maybe Rondell Moore scores on that play. Listen, I don't think Kyler had a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he did struggle on certain plays, a handful of plays, and those plays were the difference in the game. All right, last question, because I know you've got a heart out. Let me ask about their struggles at home. How can a team be so dominant on the road, double-digit wins all season long, and then struggle like they do at home? It usually is the other way around for teams. Yeah, don't even know what to say about that. I really do not, bro. I can tell you right now that um, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's the fact that they played two very good teams at home in the Green Bay Packers and the Rams. I really don't know. Maybe it's the fact that they feel all is well when they're playing at home. Uh, They had the best record in the National Football League coming into last night's game, so maybe they just feel really comfortable at home, and maybe that's why they play better on the road. I can tell you this, they don't know. If you talk to them, they don't have any theories about it either. All right, Ron, I appreciate it as always. I know it's been a busy 24 hours for you, and it only gets busier today, so thanks for the time. Thank you, brother. All right, man. That's Ron Wolfley, the voice of your Arizona Cardinals, also of the of, the, uh, of Wolf and Luke show on Arizona Sports Station ninety eight point seven. Um, coming up in a moment, we are going to talk election. Uh, we're going to talk about the economy. People are really concerned, and we're going to talk about what's happening and what's being done. All that's coming up in just a moment. 
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, we're going to go back to the story of a Phoenix police officer shot in the line of duty, uh, fighting for his life. I believe he's at St. Joseph's Hospital this morning. Um, We're going to talk with the president of PLEA. That's the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association. PLEA is the organization that represents street cops. It is is the union. Um, But it's so much more than that. The PLEA charities and the things they do, it is an organization, the largest organization of Phoenix police officers. So we're going to talk with their president, Britt London, about this tragedy and about this shooting that happened at 2 a.m. Um, so we're going to get to that coming up in a few moments. Uh, it is very interesting. Um, the the spokeswoman for the White House, her name is Jen Psaki, um, is is talking about uh, has been talking about this Build Back Better bill and about the economy, and she gets into. Um, a, a, a little back and forth with uh, Ducey from not our governor Ducey with, with uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News um, about the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office score on the Build Back Better bill, which says they say it's going to be three trillion dollars added to the deficit. And the Biden administration is saying it adds nothing to the deficit. And here's a little bit of what was said. So the president says that the Build Back Better is not going to add a penny to the deficit. The CBO has this new score where they assume that social programs are going to be made permanent. And in that case, it would add almost $3 trillion. So does that mean that President Biden will commit that these programs are not going to be made permanent? First of all, what you're talking about here is a fake CBO score that is not based on the actual bill that anybody is voting on. This was a ask request by Senator Graham to score a bill that is not currently being debated. So they're saying that the whatever the Congressional Budget Office was looking at, that the three trillion dollars that this would add to the deficit, this is what they want us to believe, that the three trillion dollars added to our deficit over 10 years is all washed away in the new version of the bill that's being debated. That's that's the story. The reason why this is such a big deal is the experts in the economy, and I, I've got so many of them in front of me, of the headlines and the stories. Um, the head of, of uh, the alliance, chief economic advisor, said that the word transitory inflation is the worst inflation call ever, and it is destroying the credibility of the Fed. Um, they are talking with uh, the China. China vegetable prices surge 30.6% as food costs soar. U.S. solar industry will grow 25% less um, due to supply chain issues. Um so when you so what you are seeing now is when the and this is politics, when your side of the aisle has an idea and the CBO says it's not a good idea or says it's going to be expensive, then you discredit the CBO. So in this case, she is saying that this Jayapal was saying that the uh, the, the CBO is outdated and their scores are outdated. The facts are still the facts. Americans are concerned. Gas prices are going through the roof. And how do people get to work? Um, and this is what makes people want to give up. Now, I don't know a lot of people that do give up, but this is what is so discouraging to people. When you talk about consumer confidence, which it is has a spiraling effect on every uh, in both directions. When you have people that were saying just a couple of years ago, before right before COVID-19, the economy was going so well and there was no inflation. And you can't erase that from your memory, that there is a way 
to unleash the economic power of the American workforce without raising inflation, because that's what was happening. We saw unemployment at its lowest, we saw wage growth at its highest, and we saw no inflation, which meant those pay raises people were get were getting were actually helping their lifestyle, increasing their their uh, stat their station in life. That's exactly what you want for people. It, you know, again, if you want to think about inflation and what it's doing to people, most of us understand the cost of living in, in L.A. is much higher than the cost of living in Phoenix. Housing is almost twice as expensive, and it's crazy. So if I were to take this job that I'm doing now and do it in L.A., and somebody even offered me a 30% pay increase, my cost of living is still going to be higher there. My quality of life is going to be lower because it's so much more expensive to live there. And that's what's happening to people right now. Their wages are going up, but not nearly as much as the cost of the of the essential goods and services that they use. So when I look at this, when you see this happening, you ask questions and it's not again, it, it isn't necessarily about saying Biden did this. I will tell you that I think the gas price increases are a direct correlation to the assault on fossil fuels without any change in this administration. When it comes just to that, not all overall inflation, not the complete supply chain issue. I'm not blaming the Biden administration for that. But when it comes to fuel prices, when the number one agenda in your administration is climate change and your assault is on the fossil fuel industry and you watch gas prices go up to almost four bucks a gallon here in Arizona over three dollars and 70 cents a gallon. And even more than that, we're talking about averages. You watch that happen with nothing in sight. And then on top of that, the White House says we are looking into adding a fee for on and offshore drilling, which would add more expense to gasoline and to anything made with petroleum. When all of those things are happening, what conclusion can you come to except they're not listening to the needs of the American people, but for the things that are not directly their fault, for the supply chain issue, which is not directly their fault, to the other um, things that are causing inflation, which are not directly their fault, what are they doing to offset it? And the answer is they're doing very little to nothing. And that's where the frustration with the American people comes, because now you're talking about spending trillions more. They talk about job creation. Well, they've got job creation in the Build Back Better bill. And so... That's going to create jobs when we've got 3.6 million more jobs than we have people to do them. They're not focused on the border. We're not talking about a guest worker program that would feed the U.S. economy. We're not doing any of those things. What we're focused on is a it's a, it's an agenda. And when that agenda needs to be altered, there's no one there altering it. And that's where the frustration comes. I'm smart enough and I understand politics enough that the blame game is always going to be there in both political parties. And I get it. But when you're in leadership, when the Democrats have the House and effectively have the Senate because the vice president breaks the tie. And if it weren't for Kirsten Sinema or Joe Manchin, these agendas would be pushed through no matter what is happening. The Biden administration is not making any adjustments to their agenda, and that is what is driving people crazy. The lack of adjustment based on what's happening on the ground. Every single good leader makes adjustments. They have a plan. They stick to the game plan, but they adjust the game plan when it's necessary. There is no adjustment from this administration, none whatsoever. 
and it begins and ends with climate change. You know, as somebody tell me how I'm wrong if you disagree with me. They believe that that is the number one threat. There isn't a defense threat. There isn't another nation with a nuclear threat. There isn't any other economic threat. The biggest threat to America right now in the mind of this administration that they are laser focused on is climate change. Everything else comes second. Everything else comes second. And I think it's a, it's a huge mistake. I don't want to see failure because I don't want to see America fail. But they're doing nothing to succeed. They have an agenda that they have to push through before the midterm elections. And that's what they're focused on. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, Britt London will join me. He is the president of the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association in a conversation about this recent tragedy and shooting of a police officer.